do 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 color your life hey everyone my name is adele scotland and i'm the host of color your life so before we get into today's episode i just want to say thank you guys so much for listening thank you so much for taking time out of your day to learn some really nice history because i mean How could we understand the worlds we live in today without first understanding how we got here, right? So, um, yeah, just thank you so much. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for all the feedback. Again, I would really like to interact with my listeners. So, come on, send me messages. My Instagram handle is at infinite underscore Adela. I repeat, infinite underscore Adela. I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E underscore a-d-e-l-a you know or you can send me messages through anchor which is um the app that i use to distribute my podcast anyways i hope everyone is having a great week i know i am tomorrow i'm going on a field trip to the wild fowl trust nature reserve and the pitch lake i'm gonna have a little swim in the sulfur lake here in trinidad so i'm super excited for that because well dominica has actually shown that bathing in sulfur kills covid19 i wish we had sulfur pools and lakes and springs like they did in dominica but we have something pretty damn close in the pitch lake in library so yeah anyways Let's get into today's episode. So today we are going to be looking at drum roll, please. I can't do a drum roll or my equipment would fall. But um, Queen Nodunga of the Nodunga people in West Africa. So I am really excited for this episode because this lady was a boss okay like there was no queen like queen nzinga nobody could tell me anything she was the greatest queen to ever grace this whole entire universe and we are about to see why and guys be really proud of me i like actually kind of wrote a script like i don't have like everything done word for word but i have in my hand a book right with a series of events all written out to talk about so i'm getting better at the podcast thing yay all right let me stop being inherently cringy so deep breath nzinga mabande 1583 to 1663 she was the queen of the ambandu kingdoms of nodongo right so between oh crap sorry (laughs) sorry about that just had a little bit of like a brain freeze just now right so between 1624 to 1663 that is where she ruled but then in 1631 she added the kingdom of matamba to her kingdom and the locations which i just listed out for you 
is what comprises present-day Angola. So she ruled for about a period of like 37 to 40 years, of course. Sometimes our historical records would be off with particular details because, well, we weren't there and, you know, different records and distortion and all that. But this is the closest possible reign period I could find between 37 to 40 years. But, um, yeah, let's get right into this. So, just a little bit of background information first. So, she was the ambassador to the Portuguese Empire, and she became queen after the death of her brother, who we are definitely going to be talking about, right? And she ruled during the period of rapid growth in the transatlantic slave trade and the Portuguese conquest of South and West Africa. So, this here is actually going to be the main point of conflict in the Zinga's life. Like, literally, she was just, like, bitching on the Portuguese. Like, the Portuguese could not break this woman. This woman, she broke the Portuguese. And she actually, she actually got rid of all of the efforts of colonialism in her area. Okay? She did such a good job at fending off the Portuguese. And it's important to note that she was the first ruler to fight against the Portuguese. She was the first ruler to actively, you know, stand up and get up and do something about it. And she was the absolute most successful. Uh, I just tried to pause it just now. I don't know if you hear that voice in the background. I literally told everyone, you guys, be quiet. I'm recording my podcast. But, like, no one seems to care about the creative process in my house. Anyways, so, um, let's get into the early life of Queen Nzinga. So, she was the daughter of King Kilombo and Kangola. Sorry, I have to take my time. Oh, flip. Sorry, I have to take my time with the pronunciation because I have a lisp. And, well, it's a different language to English, so, yeah, right? So, Kangola was her father's favorite concubine. And ironically enough, Nzinga was actually her father's favorite child, but that was just because she was way more brilliant than her other siblings, she was stronger than her other siblings, and the symbol of her family um was an axe and out of all of her brothers and all of her sisters like everyone she wielded the axe with the most dexterity so her father you know obviously favored her over everybody else anyways so according to bernice and donald in a book entitled nazinga mabandi and angolian independence nazinga received her name because the umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck when she was born and in their culture, this meant that you would grow up to be a very strong and powerful person. And we know how much civilizations and societies are rooted in their superstitions and their beliefs and all that jazz. So yeah, from the time she came out of her mother's womb, this girl was destined to do incredible things. Anyways, as a child, she was her dad's favorite. She received military 
and political training, as well as she learned how to read and write in Portuguese by Portuguese missionaries. Like I said, by the time Nzinga was born, the Portuguese were already in Africa. The Portuguese made contact with Africa in the 1400s. I can't remember the exact year, but really, really, really early on in the 1400s. And they set up, you know, they set up shop in Portugal. Some people lived there. They served flip. Sorry, the Portuguese made contact with Africa. I'm so sorry for these mistakes today. I don't know what's going on with me. But um, yeah, the Portuguese set up shop in Africa in the early 1400s. And as early as 1411, actually, they were um, exploring Tangier. They actually killed the brother of the Tangier king in 1411. That was like a whole dispute. That could be another episode, yeah. And um, they actually settled into African courts and they actually worked in the African kingdom and had relations and all that. So it was really easy for Nzinga to have access to a Portuguese education because, well, you know, Christians always minding everybody's damn business and, you know, thinking that their religion is the only religion and the only way failing to recognize that other people also have valid religious beliefs and ways of life that were already established prior to them discovering them. But they, you know, neglect people's culture and people's livelihood and just say Christianity is the only way. So having access to missionaries, you know, wasn't all that hard and they educated Nzinga. So, from 1571, King Sebastian of Portugal began his advance on Nadungo. And Nzinga's father, I mean, he attempted to be like, Be gone, Portuguese! But he was no match for the Portuguese. Because we do have to remember that the Portuguese and the rest of Europe at this time were in fact superior to Africa when it came down to militarianism. But again, that's just because the Portuguese, no, sorry, the European agenda was different to the African agenda. When it came down to rational thought and science, the Africans were so far, so far ahead of Europe, it's not even funny, and that again is something that history fails to teach us, but that's what I'm here for. Woot woot! Alright, you guys heard that? That was like me flipping a page. Guys, guys, guys! Anyways, so, in 1617, when her brother took power, he feared that Nzinga would take the throne. Because, well, sibling rivalry, but, like, Nzinga was, like, way better than her brother at everything. And he was, like, so scared and fearful. So, he was afraid that Nzinga would try to put her little baby boy son on the throne. Because, well... Until Nzinga, women weren't exactly allowed to rule. We get into that later on. But yeah, so he killed Nzinga's newborn child and he forcefully sterilized her to prevent her from born children. Ugh, fuck. To prevent her from bearing children in the future. And until 1621, she sought asylum in the kingdom of Matamba, right? She would eventually take over Matamba, by the way. She returned to Nadungo upon her brother's request to serve as the ambassador to Portugal. 
right? Because her stupid, incompetent, and silly brother lacked the knowledge and skills to get rid of the Portuguese. Thus, he wanted his sister to negotiate a treaty, and because Nzinga was the gold, you know, of course, she was the right choice. So, let us go now to the negotiation scene. Nzinga had to negotiate with the Portuguese governor, Dom João Correa de Sousa, and she arrived in Luanda in 1622 to meet him. So this is important here because we are going to learn about a lot of bullshit that the Portuguese did ideological. Oh my gosh. Psychologically and ideologically, yes, to, um, to conquer Africa and make Africans feel inferior. Anytime Africans met with the Portuguese, they wore Western clothing, so European clothing, in order to... I don't even know. But Nzinga was like, fuck you motherfuckers, I'm gonna wear my African clothes, my African clothes, my African clothes, yo, I'm gonna wear my African clothes because Africa rocks. So she showed up, oh my gosh, in a full adornment of African fashion to prove to the Portuguese that Africa was just as good as Europe and that they weren't inferior and that she will not submit to them. And then in the room, every single Portuguese official had a seat to sit on and they laid a mat for Nzinga to sit on. But oh no, see this woman, this woman was a queen. Nzinga just looked at one of the people in her army and they came before her and they formed a chair for her to sit so that she would be on equal footing to the Portuguese as they negotiated. If that is not a power statement, yo, I don't know what is this woman! She's the greatest. Like, she really is. She really is the greatest of all time. She really is the GOAT! She really is! Come on! Like, guys, if that isn't powerful, if that isn't brave, if that isn't pride in who you are, if that isn't sass, I don't know what is. I really don't. Like, just let it sink in. <laughs> Every time I read this story or I watch a video on the Zynga where they mention this story or I tell this story, I just get so emotional because, like, wow. You know what I mean? Just wow. Alright, anyways, time to move on, 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 on. Right. <clears throat> right, so she got the Portuguese to retreat from the Dongo and renounce their serenity. She also stopped the payment of tributes and retained the independence of her nation. And in return, she opened up the trade routes to Portugal. And before she left Luanda, she became baptized and adopted the name Anna III. She adopted the name Donna Anna de Sousa because the governor and his wife actually became her godparents and she basically combined their two names into one. And this cemented the terms of their treaty. But, 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 
When she returned to her kingdom, Nudunga, the Portuguese were like, screw you guys and we are going to continue to kill your people. We are going to continue to kidnap your people. We are going to continue to enslave your people. We are going to continue to do whatever the fuck we want because we don't give a flipping avocado. We don't care. We just don't care okay cool anyways let's continue so yeah by the way she was like really pissed at her brother for all this because i mean he basically you know failed to do anything about the portuguese in fact no one even took her brother seriously as a ruler so not only did they have external conflicts coming in from the portuguese they also had internal conflict within west africa itself because no one really respected her brother so yeah she was like how could he be such a screw-up bro but um well, the terms of her brother's death are uncertain. Some people say it was suicide. Some people say he had himself enthused. Other people say Nadinga had him poisoned. We actually don't know. And yes, you heard me say Nadinga just now. There are several different variants of her name. There is Nazinga, there is Nadinga, and there are others that I don't want to attempt to pronounce. Right, so sorry about that, I just used that interchangeably. But um yeah. So her brother died in sixteen twenty four and Venga was named his successor. The Portuguese then declared war on all the tribes in this particular area. So yeah, but before Nzinga addressed this she had just a little itty bitty issue. So you guys remember at the beginning of the story, I told you guys that Nadinga's brother killed her son and then forced her and her sister to be sterilized, right? So there was a nearby tribe called the Imbangala, right? And this is important for us to remember too because they come in really handy later on in the story. So um, her brother sent his son to stay with them to be safe from Nzinga. But what the brother did not know that while Nzinga was in exile, she became friends with this tribe. So she knew that her nephew was hiding out here all along. And let me tell you guys, Nzinga was gorgeous, like drop dead gorgeous. Like no one in Africa was more pretty than Nzinga back in the day. You know, and she just, you know, she just, um, Gosh, yeah, she seduced the king of the Mangala people, but it was actually just to kill her nephew, and she killed her nephew. But um, anyway, so, ooh, excuse me for that burp there. Now, there was also another nearby king of the Mangala people, whose name was Angola Harry, and he was basically like a Portuguese puppet king. And, I mean, he also did not like the fact that Nzinga was queen because she was a woman and patriarchy sucks, you know? So he and the Portuguese teamed up to get Nzinga out, you know? Angola Harry was a selfish man who wanted to retain his power and his Portuguese assistant took Nzinga away from Nzinga. 
but don't worry guys don't worry Nzinga fled to Matamba she kidnapped the queen of Matamba we don't know if she killed her or not though and she then took the former queen's army and then crushed the motherfuckers yeah but um <clears throat> yeah so she took back her kingdom but after more patriarchy shit with other kings in other areas close by you know refused to recognize her legitimacy the zinga was like you know what i'ma just become a man yeah you heard that right Zinga was just like yes i will become a man and Zinga did become a man she led all of her battalions in battle she did more quote-unquote manly activities because as we know masculine and feminine are arbitrary concepts they are social constructs and from that day on the entire process of becoming a man became something that is very prevalent in west african culture where queens in order to legitimize their rule became men yeah because for some reason people don't have confidence in women's competency to rule even though behind every great man is a wise woman as history has shown us time and time again Whew. anyways time to continue <laughs> um so here's where my notes get a little convoluted because it was like i thought i was done then I decided to watch one last video and I saw some really interesting points that it was like, alright, so I'm gonna just draw like an arrow to here and then to there and then la da 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 <laughs> Okay. Okay. So the thing is, even though she was successfully, you know, defeating the Portuguese, she was yet unable to get rid of them. And nearby, in places like the Congo, you know, the Dutch, they were also doing their colonizing. And Nzinga decided, yo, the Dutch want land to colonize, you know? But if the Portuguese is taking all the land, the Dutch can't get anything. Huh. I should ally with the Dutch. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm gonna do that. So she allied with the Dutch who were in the Congo. <sighs> now, so that was point one. Let's follow the little arrow to point two. Okay, in 1645, after a major loss, the Portuguese went away. And then in a series of epic battles it wins and losses you know the you know sometimes the portuguese won sometimes the zinga won it was like a series of convoluted back and forth and 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 back and forth the zinga drove the portuguese out when she seized the portuguese capital of masangano she thought she had won, but they captured her sister. And I mean, you do not 
mess with the people Queen Nzinga cares about. Like, what I mean you don't? I mean, you just don't, 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 don't. So, she implemented a strategy of guerrilla warfare. I explained what guerrilla warfare is in a previous episode, but for those of you who would not have heard that, guerrilla warfare is basically ambition and terror tactics where you hide out in like hilly terrains and shrubs and bushes and you just ambush people. So it's not like, you know, you don't have like a front line and one battalion fights another battalion. You literally just like attack people, you know? It's really smart and really effective if the terrain that you are fighting on facilitates it. But yeah, and she drove the Portuguese out and with the Dutch, she started to fight them off, right? And while no one really knows like why for sure, but in 1648, you know, the Portuguese, I assumed they were just like really, 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 really pissed. You know, they came back. But Nzinga saw the size of the army. And guys, I mean, this is one of the things that really makes a great leader. When you, you know, can make the decision and know when it is time to make the decision to retreat. Nzinga retreated into Matamba. But she did not retreat from the war. She just retreated from the battle. Here, Nzinga took up a completely different strategy to the Portuguese. Okay, let me tell you guys what this amazing queen did. So, she fortified the island. You know, she built hidden caves, hidden trenches, and she used it to rescue kidnapped Africans for the transatlantic slave trade. She used it as a refuge and a safe haven to peoples whose lands were being destroyed by the Portuguese. She used it as the place to go if you were fleeing colonialism and slavery. And boy, was it safe. Boy, was it protected. She resisted the Portuguese in every way possible. Politically, she made allies with neighboring kings, neighboring chiefs, with neighboring tribes to stamp out the Portuguese to provide a safe place when their lands were ravaged and ruined. Let me tell you guys, thousands and thousands of Africans are being killed. You have to remember that when they came here into the New World, into the Caribbean, if they survived three years, they lived long, and the Portuguese were just like, yeah, we'll just come back here and we'll just get more slaves. They were being killed in the Caribbean, and then during the war for lands of conquest, they were being killed right there in West Africa. So what Nzinga was doing was so important, and I know, 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 I know. She saved a lot of families, she saved a lot of lives, she protected a lot of people, and this really, 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 pissed off the Portuguese, right? And well, economically, she was suppressing them because she was reducing the amount of land that they could conquer. She was reducing the labor force, thus reducing the profitability of their quote-unquote enterprise. But let me guys tell you, that was not enough for our great queen. No, 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 no. Because Nazinga was greater. Nazinga was smarter. So here's what she did. She began to convert to Catholicism to gain Portuguese allies. 
and in 1656, after she formally adopted Christianity, and she, like, made it her religion, as in publicly announced it, the Portuguese gave her his sister back, and in 1657, King Pedro VI gave her her kingdom back, and they acknowledged Nzinga as the ruler of the Ndungu people and that region. Now guys, before I go into what happens next, I need you guys to understand how this was the most brilliant move that Nzinga ever made. By declaring yourself and then your nation as a Christian nation, you automatically you automatically made your land a safe haven because one of the arguments put forward by the Europeans for enslaving the Africans was the fact that they were pagans and they weren't Christian. But by making her land Christian, she protected all of her people because the Portuguese would not enslave them because they were Christian. I mean, they weren't actually Christian. Like, they, and rightly so, practiced their traditional African religions. But, I mean, the Portuguese didn't need to know all that. Like, they really, really didn't. So, guys, yes. Yes. Nzinga did that. Because, like I said, Nzinga is amazing. Alright, anyways, let's continue to get right into this. So, she, again... When she got her entire kingdom back, so this is Port Matamba and, let me get the name of the land from before, this is Port Matamba and the Umbundu kingdoms, she used it to help former slaves, so this would have been people that she freed from the transatlantic slave trade, rehabilitate into life and retain their freedom and their identity, and most importantly, their lives. Guys, like... I don't, I don't understand why it is that, you know, our education system or, you know, basically a lot of the more popular history channels and features don't feature this woman because she really is amazing and she did so much and it sucks that, you know, people don't know her it also sucks that there are so many other great people out there who did incredible things that i don't know about because it was against the agenda of one particular race and it sucks that to this day we have systemic racism because white people hate us and in turn some of our very own people have started to hate white people and some of our very own people have started to hate each other that's not something we should be doing that's not something we should be practicing we should have love in our hearts for all men and all women regardless of their race regardless of their religion regardless of their sexuality we should be loving and accepting and like the problem the problem with racism is so complex in fact i definitely have to do an episode just on why are we racist that might actually be a really good episode so that people can understand how hard it's going to be to fix this problem 
and why it is it is forever going to be a relevant problem within our society because when you see the damage done to west africa by the portuguese by the british by the spanish by the dutch during the times of slavery i don't blame you if you would get enraged but you have to remember that those people are long gone and dead okay and we cannot hate europe and europeans because of what their ancestors did what we can do however is ask their leaders to be accountable they need to be accountable and acknowledge that we deserve compensation that's uh, again a whole other episode there but it just felt like that was really important to say before i continue but um yes i mean i'm actually like at the end of her story right now so let me just like finish this off you know but yeah so after she like got back her kingdom you know she was just like oh by the way she was like 75 years old by this time by the way a whole 75 years old she killed the leader of the Mbangala people because well that's where the guy angola harry who took back her kingdom prior was from she killed the leader and she delivered his head to the portuguese king because she's a boss 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 but actually by this time you know the portuguese were so afraid of nazinga that they did not even bother to retaliate they were just like yes ma'am we see the head we fear you okay okay now she spent her final years doing something that is so important she basically turned her kingdom into a mini portugal she started wearing portuguese clothing we started speaking their language she studied christianity she fully 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 adopted their religion she started wearing their hairstyles but that was just to prove that she had more style and more fashion than all the portuguese queens and princesses and noble people combined basically just to show off but the reason why she also encouraged her people to adopt the Western, quote-unquote, European way of life, to, she formally made her nation Christianity, she did building reforms, she did political reforms, she did language reforms, she did all possible forms of Westernization possible, she did. But she did it to protect her people from being enslaved. Now that must be a really hard decision to make as a leader because you had to acculturate your own people and assimilate them into a different culture. Even though you yourself didn't want to, but he understood that it was the only way that they would be left alone. It was the only way that they could survive this horrific ordeal that was going on in the rest of Africa. So yeah, guys, she gave the Portuguese king a dead man's head, and then saved her people. That's how she spent her final years. At the age of 75, you know, by the way, just to, like, give her a little happy ending, she got married, you know? She had a Christian wedding ceremony to this really young, handsome, sexy dude, <laughs> you know? And then when she died, she had a Catholic priest barrier, and Ndunga was saved from colonial 
the Dango theory was safe from colonialism for a pretty long time after Nzinga's death. So, yeah, that's what she did. That's how she, you know, I mean, oops, I was just reaching for my water. Yeah, so I'm going to give you guys a little two seconds to let today's episode sink in so I can take a sip of water. I don't know why I did that. But, um, yeah, guys, that's Queen Nzinga. Now, time for my spoken word. I actually, this one is actually really sh- <sighs> This one is actually really short because I said everything that I needed to say within the episode. I think Nzinga speaks for herself, and I actually found it really hard to articulate her life because of how dynamic it was because of how amazing it was because of how stupendous she was as a person you know and like i said you guys i would really really love if you share this particular episode because i think that it is exceptionally important that people especially young black girls hear this story so that they could feel proud of themselves that we as a people can know that we don't have to bow down to anyone that we can do anything you know like like, i just love her story so much it's so inspiring you know and she's definitely my favorite queen like ever she really 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 makes me proud of my identity so 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 much so guys Time for the spoken word that I definitely really, 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 really hope gives Nazinga justice. (coughs) A little clearing up there. And yeah. Alright guys, so time for the spoken word. Nazinga. As beautiful as the rays of the shining sun, as brave as a lion's king, with more wisdom than Solomon had ever received, this was Nzinga, the Nandungo queen. Ain't nobody smart like her. Ain't nobody can fight like her. Ain't nobody can make a man smile like her. Ain't nobody with sass like her. Ain't nobody with a bod like her. Ain't nobody could dress like her. If you thought that you could win with her, clearly you never had an encounter with her. You see, Nzinga was a queen who, sorry, Nzinga was who a queen should be. Someone fearless and out there for all the world to see. The Portuguese thought that they could stop her, but really, she played them all for fools. She understood that wars were not all military and implemented unorthodox strategies, retreated when overwhelmed and came back twice as strong. White supremacy! She proved them wrong. Now guys, this is much shorter than what I usually do, but that's for two reasons. One, you heard the amount of discrepancies in my speech today. 
this happens when I'm infinitely tired but can't rest. So, sorry. But two, because like I said, I tried so hard. But to capture her essence within lines is so difficult because of all the things that she did and all the things that she accomplished which is why I scripted this episode because I felt as though I should say everything just tell it to you straight to your face instead of telling you through an artwork because the only thing that could give Nzinga justice is a movie someone yo yo let's let's make a Nzinga movie yeah yes she needs a movie she needs a movie she is a real life human superhero you know but um yes guys everyone i hope that you guys are having a great week i hope that you guys are staying safe from covid19 i hope everything is good with everyone thank you guys so much for listening and yeah thank you for letting me color your life